Thank you, loving Father, for your goodness and mercy towards us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us another opportunity for us to dig into your word and to be refreshed with these words of life. We pray, Father, that as we read, that the Spirit of God shall be upon every one of us. As you have said the words that you speak to us are spirit and life. May these words we read bring spirit and life into us. May it be a wellspring of living water in us. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Maranatha, November 17 The Great Multitude of the Redeemed After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Revelation 7 verse 9 All classes, all nations and kindreds and people and tongues will stand before the throne of God and the Lamb with their spotless robes and jeweled crowns. Said the angel, These are they that have come up through great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white, while the lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, the self-indulgent and disobedient, have lost both worlds. They have neither the things of this life nor the immortal life. That triumphant throng with songs of victory and with crowns and harps have trodden in the fiery furnace of earthly affliction when it was heated and intensely hot from destitution, from hunger and torture. They come from deep self-denial and bitter disappointments. Look upon them now as conquerors, no longer poor, no longer in sorrow, in affliction and hated of all men for Christ's sake. Behold their heavenly garments, white and shining, richer than any kingly robe. Look by faith upon their jeweled crowns. Never did such a diadem deck the brow of any earthly monarch. Listen to their voices as they sing loud hosannas, and as they wave the palm branches of victory. Rich music fills heaven as their voices sing forth these words. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain and rose again forevermore. Salvation unto our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And the angelic hosts, angels and archangels, covering cherub and glorious seraph, echo back the refrain of that joyous triumphant song, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God for ever and ever. Revelation 7 verse 12. Oh, in that day it will be discovered that the righteous were the wise ones, while the sinful and disobedient were fools. Shame and everlasting contempt is their portion. Those who have been co-laborers for Christ will then be near the throne of God, girt with purity and the garments of eternal righteousness. Amen. The Great Multitude of the Redeemed 
the key text for this is taken from Revelation 7 verse 9 which talks about the great multitude which are different from the 144,000. Yesterday's devotion looked at the 144,000 who are special. They have a song that they sing that no other being, no other human being could join them in singing that song. They follow the Lamb with us wherever he goeth. They are those who were able, who faced the beasts, like we read yesterday. Those who faced the beasts and his image and got the victory over the beast and his image. But this great multitude spans from the days of Adam down to the last days and there are people who also got the victory over sin. One may want to ask then what is the difference between the great multitude and the 144,000? As you can see here, the 144,000 uh, in the book of Revelation uh, 7, the book of Revelation 14, where they are described as those that follow the Lamb with us wherever he goeth. They've been translated from earth from among the living and are counted as the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Some of them never tasted death. But now, what I really want to point out in this issue of the great multitude is the fact that some people make wise choices and some make foolish choices. We already know the future. And if you, you are listening and then you hear about losing both worlds, what does that seem like to you? We have two worlds. But at the end of the day, you can only gain one because the second one cannot be gained. It's going to be destroyed. So think about it. What is the wise thing to do? Chasing after a world that is going to be destroyed or chasing after one that will be forever and ever. Then, what is the wise thing to do? Endure for a while so that you can get something that will last eternally or enjoy now and lose everything later. Now, that doesn't mean that when the one who is enduring doesn't have something he enjoys. Though those who are in the great multitude, we read about them that they were poor while they were on earth. That they practiced a lot of self-denial while they were on earth. They had bitter disappointments. They had torture. They were destitute. They were hungry. But guess what? Those who are chasing after the world also have this and even worse. Because the people who deny themselves for Christ, who pass through hunger for Christ's sake and destitution and torture for Christ's sake, have the comfort of Christ and the holy angels with them even while here on earth. They also have the comfort of the knowledge that I have something waiting for me in the future. Therefore, they are enduring what they are passing through. But those who are chasing after the things of this world, which many of them don't actually get it, don't have that comfort and are always in trouble. They also pass through the same sicknesses, even worse, destitution, sorrow. They don't pass through self-denial anyway because they, do, they don't deny themselves. Anything they want to get, they go for it even if it means breaking the Lord's commandments, which is what makes them to be denied the eternal kingdom. But those who will get the kingdom of God deny themselves their, their own desires so that they can get the eternal kingdom. What I want for all who of us who are listening is to make a decision to be wise. What is wisdom? To be wise, according to Jesus, is to build your house on the rock. That's what he said. Whosoever hears these words of mine and does them, it's like the man who builds his house on the rock. Hear the words of Jesus and do them. 
what are his words they are simple what is his duty that he has given to us is ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments to be wise then means that i should do what god asked me to do today denying myself passing through whatever it will cost me to pass through so that i can gain eternal life later and that's why at the end it says that it will be found i'll discover that the righteous were the wise ones while the sinful and disobedient were the fools there's this song that is titled fools for christ in the third verse of that song it says to live for christ is foolish to the world but when the sinners into hell are hurled then fools for christ have not a single fear then who was truly foolish it will be clear without exception every man is a fool i choose for christ and bear the ridicule i glory in my weakness and my shame for earthly loss will bring eternal gain earthly loss will bring eternal gain everyone is a fool without exception but the fool for christ will be found eventually to be the wise one the one of those of us who will listen today and say this world is passing away why am i breaking god's commandments just so that i can have something in this world why am i stealing why am i lying why am i cheating just to ensure that i preserve my possessions or my job or or i feel like my life is dependent on this thing therefore i see myself losing it and then i see that the only way i can retain this thing is to go against god's commandment just in the least and i then justify it and say it's no small thing. it's just a small thing it's just a small thing in doing this that is the way you are behaving as a fool because when you do that you are selling your birthright you are losing the eternal kingdom for this present one and you are being foolish about it but the wise thing to do is to say i will not break god's commandments for the fleeting pleasures of this earth i will endure i will have my losses i will deny myself and i know i believe that the time is coming when the lord will give to me all that he has prepared for those who love him and obey his commandments but what should be our motivation you know it can't just be selfish you have to understand that jesus died for us should his death for you be in vain all he suffered for you in vain he died so that you can be saved but you cannot appropriate the blessing of jesus's death unless you allow him come into your life and help you to have a changed life titus 2 11 tells us that the grace of god that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that we should have a different lifestyle that is deny ungodliness and worldly lust and start to live soberly righteously and godly in this present world how do i know somebody that's living soberly righteously and godly his life will be in keeping with the ten commandments if he was stealing before he will stop if he tells lies before he will stop if he committed adultery before he will stop he will start doing good instead instead of oppressing people he'll be relieving the oppressed instead of stealing from people he'll be giving instead of lying he'll be speaking the truth and telling the word of god to others this by doing this you are preserving your life but i am saying that this grace came to us only through the death of jesus on the cross of calvary and if you love him you will not want his death on your behalf to be in vain all the just imagine a child who 
he doesn't like to go to school but because he has seen this labor and toil of his parents and the money spent says i don't want to disappoint them they have done a lot for me let me do my best to ensure that this their money they have spent and this work and the labor and the sweat will not be in vain that's the motivation i'm talking about it's not selfish you may say oh yes what's there oh everybody's going to die i'll just die and go but that's being selfish why don't you consider what god has done on your behalf all he has spent and for that reason wake up and make some effort so that his all his efforts on your behalf will not be in vain and at the end of the day it is for your own good because he doesn't get any benefit from it anybody that is useful in this life is useful for himself if a parent trains up a child well and the child receives the training who is going to be blessed at the end of the day it is a child who has done it for himself he's going to help himself same with this case god has nothing he's benefiting from your salvation it is not for his sake except the fact that of course he can vindicate himself anyhow he wants that's the truth but he chooses to use us to vindicate himself and if you enroll if you enroll and allow him to use you to keep his commandments you are benefiting yourself at the end of the day but though your motivation is to please him I pray that God will set these things clearly to our hearts so that it can motivate us and help us not to lose what God has prepared for us in Jesus' name. Amen. There is an encouragement in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which had great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come, and will not tarry. In the reading, we are told that those who shall receive the jeweled crowns are those who have denied themselves, those who have refused to be self-indulgent, those who have refused the pleasures of this world because they were seeking a better hope, a better crown. There are people who want their own here now, and in wanting their own, they go against the rules or the commandments of God for the pleasures of this life that are for a moment. But Paul encourages us in Hebrews 10, that we should not cast away our confidence. In the book of Hebrews 11, we also have a class of people. Remember in verse 38, prior to this time of Hebrews 10, we say that now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What exactly is the just living by faith in the desire a better resurrection a better hope though, though they have been in destitution in earthly affliction hunger torture bitter disappointments they will look be looked on as conquerors when christ shall come so in the present moment there may be bitter disappointments but by faith they will be looking forward to when they shall be receiving their crowns they shall be looking forward when the heavenly garment shall be put on them 
we shall be looking forward when with white and shining kingly robe we receive the jewel crowns never to be in sorrow never to be in tears in the book of hebrews like i was saying before hebrews 11 in view of what is called the better resurrection the bible said that some people received trials of cruel mockings and scourgings yeah, moreover, they were in bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, we are tempted, we are slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. So, Day by faith, we are waiting for their crowns, and we also are enjoined to be likewise. Though the deliverance we may seek here may be on the pain of suffering, we may be asked to do some things which we know are against the principles of God's word, we are told to endure. The reading is telling us that God has a crown, He has a reward for those who have stood for Him. Whereas Satan may be offering an immediate pleasure or immediate relief, but we are told by faith to refuse whatever comes against the blood-stained banner of Christ. Whatever will be a disgrace to Christ, we should re refuse such deliverance because it will be an exchange for the crown that Jesus himself is planning for us. In John 14, Jesus said that let not your heart be troubled, that he's going to prepare for us a place. And if he goes and prepares a place for us, he is coming back to receive us unto himself. Before this time, he has said, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So my prayer, my desire is that we will allow the preparation Jesus is making for us, our hearts to be encouraged that there's a better hope, there's a better future, there's a plan for all these things to come to an end. There's a hope of immortality which nothing in this world can guarantee or can give. So as we hope on preparing intentionally because we are going to receive a crown from God, no matter the allurement Satan brings to you or to me today, we should hold on in faith. And I pray that when Christ comes, he will find us faithfully waiting for him in truth and in righteousness. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your great love in Christ Jesus. We thank you for preparing the future in this manner and asking us to key into your preparation. Lord, we want to choose that path whereby we shall rejoice to be in at that time. We don't want to be on the wrong side, oh Lord. Help us to make every decision necessary to be at the right side now. Any one of us who is struggling, any one of us, oh Lord, wrestling in the valley of decision, with choices, and with thoughts, and emotions, please, O oh Lord, I pray in your name, help such an one, and let your name be glorified in that one's life. And for us, O oh Lord, bless us all, and help us to prepare for the second coming of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you have prepared such mighty things for us. And may we walk with you, Lord, and cooperate with you as you teach us how to inherit the kingdom prepared for us from the foundation of the world. 
Thank you, Lord. Whatever things may be necessary for us to go through, give us courage, O Lord, and let us go through and let us experience your love and grace in our lives, we ask, thanking you and believing you have heard in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.